time for Mac Geek Gab, and listener Alex brings us our quick tip of the week by sharing. He says maybe everybody is already aware of this, but on the lock screen, you can tap on a widget and it takes you to the corresponding app, like weather or fitness or whatever the widget is that you have, assuming the widget comes from an app, which they all do. It will bring you to the corresponding app. He says, I had no idea. My guess is this is news to other people, too. More quick tips like this, plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek Up 1025 for Monday, February 19th, National Chocolate Mint Day 2024. Welcome to Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in quick tips like that, cool stuff found, questions. We share all of the above. We try to answer your questions. We try to learn from all three because the goal is for each and every one of us to learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include ZocDoc.com slash MGG, where you can sign up for free and download the app. Find a great doctor and book an appointment today. Factormeals.com slash MGG50, where code MGG50 gets you 50% off your first box of these really delicious, easy-to-heat meals. And hymns.com slash MGG, changing men's health care by providing, easy for me to say, by providing convenient quality care. And you can start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash MGG. We'll talk more in depth about every single one of those in a minute or 17 here for now here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton here in South Dakota. I am Adam Christensen and live. At least I think I am from Hong Kong. It's pilot Pete. Greetings everybody. Man. Yeah. You're all over the place. Pete. I still, yeah. I'm still astounded that it took us 10 years to figure out that you also could re- record remotely. I I I well, don't know, you know why. Just because John could, <laughs> right? Like this, this show no, was well, part of it. To be fair, part of it was the Skype setup and having the right betas and all that yeah, in the early days. That we was had, tougher. We had the right betas. Do it, I, I mean, yeah. like John and I had them, and all I would do is put the the mm-hmm. new beta that we weren't supposed to talk about, but evidently we were talking about it in uh, in the in the, like a Dropbox for us, and John would just download it and up and and run that. You could have done the same thing. Like we started this show when doing a remote podcast recording was let's just say not as turnkey a solution as it is today, but we right. did it. Like we figured it out and it was no big deal. Once we had it up and running, I don't know why we like, we easily could have done this. Like there's no reason. It's just us being ridiculous. Well, you know. Anyway, <laughs> hopefully your internet lasts. Hey, there is a little follow-up to Alex's quick tip that I shared in the opening. He says, if you wanted to open uh, an app uh, this way that does not offer a widget, it is possible to add that to the lock screen by adding a shortcut that you create in the shortcuts app. Uh, and then you can have there is an action, a shortcut action for open app. And so you could put a little, uh, you know, widget on your lock screen to open an app. Uh, that doesn't offer widgets and boom, you know, the, the shortcut will do its job and you're off to the races. 
So nice, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people use thumb thumbprint, fingerprint on the older phones, and then yeah. Face ID, yeah, on the new phones. Security. If you're doing that, will it open the app without your Face ID? No, because I have a way to do it. If it doesn't, I think you've got okay. to unlock your All phone. Right. And and we will acknowledge something okay. that that the three of us talked about pre-show is that Pete's internet is questionable despite him having recorded from this hotel before you, 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 you yeah. cut out a little bit while you were saying that okay. it was all very intelligible and all, all good, but I just figured I'd acknowledge it. Before okay. We, yeah. It is spotty this morning for whatever reason, not yeah. entirely sure. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, initially you can set your watch. If you have the Apple watch, as long as it's in and you've got a passcode on it, it will unlock the phone for you. You know, so I you don't f- have to be looking at your phone. I forget about that with all the with face id uh be, you know because if i'm right. if i'm looking at the screen chances are it has unlocked itself but if you're like right. you said if you're if you're using uh you know a touch id based phone still or uh something then yeah and there's times well it, it uh, now it does a nice job in the dark i guess it uses infrared lighting or something like that yeah. so even in a darkened room it'll unlock for you but there's times when i've i found that i've had my phone off at an angle Either for you know not so as not to disturb Debbie with the light on from my phone when she's asleep you know and on her side and facing me I don't want to light her up with the phone yeah right and so I can I can turn the phone away from me and it'll still open apps because my watch is unlocked and it it just so unlocks you it, you I find it said that Face ID uses infrared um, that I don't think I, I, that's I, correct I think, I think oh, Face ID I thought it used something for low light technology it's, I it's not it's light right from from what I understand oh. Adam it's it's doing oh, like right. facial 3D mapping right. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, but it's using that IR dot projector, right? Oh, it is infrared. To do that mapping. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's All projecting right. those billions of dots to spatial that you need to surface map your face, basically. Yeah. Right. So. Right. Oh, and it's doing that with, with infrared. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's okay. it, lidar. Somebody in the Discord, yeah. Uncle Jamie, yeah. asked if it was lidar. I I don't think it is. It's called the True Depth Camera, right? But. Um, maybe yeah, it uses a combination of stuff, but I mean, that's part of that IR projector. And, and I think you can, um, you know, like with certain cameras, you can even see those dots, right? You can, you can see infrared dots with some cameras. Yeah. But what is yeah. it? Mm-hmm. How does it work? Uh, projecting thousands of invisible dots. Yeah. It's infrared it, it, okay. to do the dots. Mm-hmm. So it's not LIDAR, um, which, which I would have thought it would be, but they, you know, lidar is not cheap. I guess I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'll put a I'll put a link to. Well, neither's the phone. To be fair, <laughs> what's that? What are you start, What are you trying to phone. say, Pete? <laughs> uh, they aren't giving them away this week again. Oh, man. Gosh, man, yeah. I I thought with the Vision Pro out now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Vision Pro, Adam, you want to take us to Mark's tip about uh, some fun things. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Mark says, I don't see the tip in here. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. thought you went away. I, 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 uh, I, I will, I'll take this one then. Sorry. Uh, I, I think I, I set you up for failure, Adam. Mark, <laughs> a link to a tip. Mark shared a, a link to the accessibility features on vision pro, uh, on Apple's site. And so right. there are all kinds of them, and we will link to this too. Uh, 
there, you know, there, there are, there's voiceover, there's zoom. You can set the display and text size. So I, it, Mark's point is similar to the iPhone. The accessibility features aren't things that would only be of interest to folks who have an accessibility need. A lot of these things are things that might wind up becoming their own features at a future date, which is often what we've seen with the iPhone, like things like the inverse mode and even dark mode started as accessibility as an inverse, you know, invert the screen thing. And then it moved to smart invert and then it became dark mode. Uh, I mean, ish. And uh, so there's there's things. And again, we'll link to this, but there's voiceover, there's zoom. You can change the text size. You can adjust the amount of motion. Uh, you can do sound actions. There are things that you can do with the digital crown. Uh, you can adjust the click speed for it uh, and then adjusting sound. And there's things that you can do with the S lady and different per app settings for um, uh, things like like text size and, and that sort of thing. So it it is good to go and take a look at this article uh, for all of the things or just Go dig around in the uh, in the accessibility settings on Vision Pro, just like we do on our iPhones. Like, I, and I and I think maybe that's the message to take away from Mark's tip is uh, treat this like you would your Mac or your iPhone. Like, go go dig into every setting and see what it changes because you know there is some level of arbitrariness, if I made up a word, uh, to where Apple. When Apple puts something in the accessibility features versus when it becomes its own top level feature in the settings app. And so don't don't overlook them. So, yeah, good. Which is good advice. Yeah, have you I have something? Yeah, I have go. something on this. Yeah, yeah. actually, I, I saw a YouTube video and I was hoping to find the guy's channel. I thought I subscribed to it. Uh, there's a tech YouTuber who does accessibility and tech. Oh, it's called Equal Accessibility on YouTube, and I'll I'll grab the link. Okay, but he did. He's I think quadriplegic. It looks like, and so he was doing a review on how accessible is the Vision Pro. Yeah. And if you look at the first tip, the the first problem was it's not immediately obvious when you put this thing on how to turn on the accessibility features from the get go. And the very first tip on this Apple's page is you can turn on accessibility features right away when you set up the Vision Pro, but it doesn't tell you how to. Oh. You, you'd have to know this information ahead of time, first of all, right? There's right. no prompt. There's no, you know, like oftentimes with the Mac, if you're, you install it, your new OS, right? And you boot up the Mac. If you don't do anything, you sit there on the screen, right? It starts it, doing voiceover. It, and it starts, starts talking, talking to, to you. you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Vision Pro doesn't do this. Secondly, Look how you activate the accessibility features immediately. Triple click the crown, the digital crown. Oh. How do you do that with no arms or no hands? Yeah. That's a, that, yeah. I mean, presumably you've, you've either figured out a way or had someone help you put the Vision Pro on your, on your face, right? But then you, a lot of folks with no arms and hands can, could could even get it on, yeah. Because yeah, you, you that's can fair. get it on a table, and you can manipulate it with yeah. your feet. Like, there's a lot of ways to, you know. Yep, that's um, fair. Yeah, huh? I did. I did this have guys like 
I use an iPhone. I have you know all kinds of Apple devices, and this first device I couldn't use right out of the box. So he he wrote to Tim Cook and and got some replies and things like that. So it's an interesting video. Go watch the video. Equal accessibility is the YouTube channel. Equal accessibility. Um, okay. Yeah, right. equal accessibility. Um, right. But yeah, and he pointed out like you know even small things like had they just put the digital crown on the bottom edge instead of the top edge, they could manipulate oh, with a shoulder or a, yeah. a foot or yeah. another limb. Yeah. And the other interesting thing was, um, I saw another person ask about, you know, well, what if you only have one eye? Does that work? And there is an accessibility setting for setting up your dominant eye, or if you only have one eye, so you can get it to operate mm-hmm. with left eye or right eye or so. Uh, that's interesting. Very cool. I did. Yeah. I did get a chance to do the demo on Saturday. Uh, I, I stopped, I had a, I went down to see a friend on Saturday night in Connecticut and I booked an appointment for midway through my trip to sort of break up the drive. And, uh, that 30 minutes goes by fast folks, uh, soak it all in. But I I was, I, I was impressed with how intuitive it was there. You and I were talking about it a little bit, Adam, there, there are parts of the interface that are not entirely intuitive, but, um, but it it's a it's a pretty smooth experience uh, I found. Uh I, I can see if I were spending the same like if I were spending the same amount of time on planes that I did, you know, ten years ago, uh the same amount of time in hotel rooms, I, I would I would be very compelled to buy it for for those reasons. I, I'm sure eventually I will wind up with one of these things. At the moment, and here's I, some good news. What's that, Pete? About about how getting them faster. What's uh, that? At a better price. Today, the fifteenth, the day we're recording, is the first day that the returns, or oh. the last day of the of, of the first people have <laughs> oh, to return. Oh yeah, that's so, right. They will so be available the on Refurb in start theory. Hitting the stores. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Refurb dot me. Yeah. Yeah. So Ken Ray was mentioning that on his show. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But. Yeah, go go book that demo. My my family, I mentioned it to my my wife and son as I was on the way out the door for for this thing on Saturday night. They were like, "Yeah, we don't know what we're going to do today." I was like, "Well, I'm going to stop and do a Vision Pro demo." They're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I I I went on the app and I I booked it, and that's what I'm going to do." Like, "Well, we want to do that." I'm like, "That's kind of why I mentioned it." You. You can like we have lots of Apple stores around us, so they they found <laughs> yeah. some open appointments and they went and did it too. Interestingly, they wound up buying each of them wound up buying not a Vision Pro but the latest Quest uh, that same day. They oh wow yeah yeah my okay. um, my son had an older Quest and had has been wanting the newer one, and my wife really wanted something. Uh, that would allow for an immersive exercise experience at the house. And the quest has totally delivered on this. She's, you know, every time she's like, yeah, I got to go exercise. Like, okay, I I should spend 20 minutes doing this. 45 minutes later, you know, she's worked up a full sweat and forgot about the amount of time that, that went by. Like she, you know, she plays a boxing game or something, but it's all like fitness games. I know the fitness stuff is coming to vision pro, the quest is also five hundred bucks. Um, so you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> seven Don't want to get a four thousand dollar piece of equipment sweaty. Yeah. And <laughs> but they they mentioned that they were going to go look at the quests, and then I saw an alert on my phone that two new six gigahertz 
uh, Wi-Fi devices had joined our network. <laughs> and I, I sent the notification home, like, looks like you guys did some shopping. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, the other thing to point out with the Quest is that it does support now spatial video and photos from yes. your iPhone 15. Oh, very cool. so oh it does? You, I didn't realize yes. that. Oh. Yeah, they added support for for the spatial video and uh, photos. Oh, well, then I need to check this out. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Cool. Well, I got those videos you sent me, Pete. So I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I said. And then, oh, and they did fix the, uh, the latest update, Pete, by the way. Yeah. Fixed the immersive uh, video problem that I had where you would have the small window and then you'd go into immersive mode and you'd still have right, the small right. window with the haze around it. Now it goes full, full view. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. You still get a little white haze edge, but it puts you into the into the space like I was expecting it to from the get go. So I don't know why they launched it the way they did, or why yeah, right, they, yeah. Whatever the first they may not they may not have realized until they went, oh, this ain't working like we advertised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, whoops, yeah. whoops. <laughs> All right, back to uh, we might as well finish out the quick tips. We actually do have some uh, a, a couple that was more a long tip. Vision Pro tip. Well, it was a discussion, Pete. It's okay. We take yeah. tangents and and yeah. we reserve that right. In fact, I yeah. think if we didn't take tangents, this show would be less interesting to listen to. You can let us know what you think about that, though. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com. We we do try to make the show for you. You heard him. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Stop what you're doing right now and send it. That's right. Feedback at Mackie. Then hit play again. Then hit play again. That's right. Uh, Dan shares uh, in in, uh, reaction to my tip in the last or our tip in the last episode. He says, uh, he says, when John was talking about putting his printer on a smart switch, I thought he was going to share for a different reason. That being to be able to restart the device easily and remotely. He says, I have my TV uh, on a, uh, a, a light. I have a TV light strip on one because occasionally they stop responding to their timer or the remote. A simple restart and they're back to working as normal. But some things are difficult to get. Uh, it's difficult to get to the plug where it fits into the wall or the power strip if it's behind a desk or other furniture. He says, I also have one on my Optimum Altice box, too, so I can restart it without even getting up. I need to put one of these on my new uh, NVIDIA Shield because <laughs> this has happened. I told you I've had I've been running that thing for like two weeks. It's all we use and we love it, except my family hasn't figured out that the 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 way that works best to turn it off is to just touch the power button on the remote. One quick press turns off the TV and the shield and everything's good if they hold down the power button as it was evident they did on Saturday night, because when I got home on Sunday, I saw this symptom and it was the same was true when I had a band rehearsal uh, earlier in the week. It won't turn on if they hold down the power button until the thing turns off. The only way I've found to get it to come back on is to power cycle it. There might be another way, if you know, again, feedback at MacKeekup.com. But uh, uh, so putting a putting a. a extra smart switch on the shield would perhaps just be my solutions. Cause otherwise Pete, I have to get up off the couch. Uh, like walk all the way across the room. Like a caveman. I, I, I don't even understand why it's 2024. Why did we, 
Why are we in 2024 if I have to get up off the couch to to do this? <laughs> <laughs> what was that kids movie where the robots were all waiting on it? It was a it was a cartoon. Wally. All. I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's fat and they're just laying yeah. around drinking milkshakes and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the I, robots are waiting on them. <laughs> I know that that's not where I want to go. However, there <laughs> are moments in the day where that is where I want to be. Yes. Right. Um, exactly. And that, that's, <laughs> yeah. Another day we need to get into my theory about Pixar and Apple's relationship and how Pixar movies predict the future of what Apple is going to do. I mean... So. You've tugged on the thread, or you've you've presented the thread, Adam. Yeah. What 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 is, is there more to your theory here? No, so like you know, Wally is like our future, and if you look at the progression of screens to where we are today with the Vision Pro, that's about one step further, right? We're in our little far. floating <laughs> chairs and communicating to the person next yeah. to us, looking at a a display that's in this case probably going to be more projected in your eye, but there's that. And there was, there was the whole, you know, iPad sort of thing in the Incredibles slipping out of a yellow manila envelope before Steve jobs did the original MacBook air announcement with the manila envelope. And there's a lot of parallels that go. And it's like, what are where some of those ideas came from? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean the, (laughs) the, uh, Star Trek definitely predicted or paved the way for a lot of technology that we that we use yeah. today or, or in it like invented conceptualized, I guess, is really the, the right term to use. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Because yeah. they didn't invent yeah. the communicator. Anything. They just they, <laughs> they, they a built a plastic thing. <laughs> right. That they treated yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. it worked. But that like those things. But as you remember, the communicator was line of sight. They couldn't communicate if the ship was. There were times when the communicator was out of range. You're right, sort of thing. Yeah, you call anywhere on the globe with your iPhone in theory. Yeah, (laughs) especially now with the uh, sat satcom. Right, that's right. In the fifteen, and then uh, you know the tricorder. Oh, there's something wrong with your. I want tricorders. That that that, I think. I mean, I'm not. I know I'm not the only one, but yeah. And then Dick Tracy, of course, had the smart wash. Right. Yeah. Phone calls and yes, commissioner. Yep. Yeah, I feel, and I, you know, I know I talked about the Ultra on a recent episode. I feel like the Ultra really is the first Apple Watch that feels like a Dick Tracy watch. Like it just does all the things. I was able to easily type on on the on screen QWERTY keyboard the other day to. Yeah. Uh, to, I, I needed to add a weather location because uh, I was going down to Connecticut. And I wanted to put the, the, you know, the town I was I was going in, and I was like, "How oh, can I do this on my watch?" It's like. There's a keyboard. Oh, good luck. And I just tapped it out. Not, not nary a fat finger happened. So I was, I was like, wow. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm pretty good with the little, you know, draw the letters one. Yeah. So yeah, lo- yeah, yeah. I love that. I use it all the time to do, yeah. to respond to texts and stuff like that. It, it works great. It's, it's bad graf- graf- about graffiti. things like. <laughs> graf- it's graffiti. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, from the palm. Yeah. It's bad about sure. things. So if you want a semicolon or something, it'll give you an exclamation point. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, that, yeah. that drives me nuts. It's like, oh, come on. I appreciate that you find it important enough to correctly use a semicolon when scratching out a sentence on your watch. (laughs) That, that alone is part of why I love you, Pete. So yeah, actually the problem with that thing is that they're not using graffiti because that was the genius with graffiti because you had certain gestures and swipes. Like the, the one that I really missed from graffiti was you'd sort of do a, uh, 
you know, a backwards down tick and then swipe back and then it would delete backwards. Yes. Right? Yes. From, right. Yeah. Yep. So, so the question that brings me to is anal retentive hyphenated? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Adam, for a friend. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. One of my friends. Uh, you, <laughs> I have a quick one. Yes. I have a quick tip from Terry. I right? resemble that <laughs> remark. Pete. <laughs> yeah. Terry has a really quick one for the Vision Pro. He says, you can have multiple Safari windows on the Vision Pro. All you have to do is open the sidebar to show the tabs, that little sidebar button we're all familiar with in Safari, and then drag the title of the tab out to be another window. So you can have all your windows. You can have Safari browsers all around you. It, you and can it, do 360 if you want. You could leave ones in other rooms if you want and come back to them later. Yeah, it's true. I, uh, it, 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 he sent us a video, which I've linked to in the show notes. So you, you folks can see it too. Uh, if you are having trouble from that description, uh, Terry does a great job. Terry's a lifelong yeah. educator. It's not, it's no surprise that his quick little video illustrates this perfectly, but yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So. I was, I was having trouble with tabs just yesterday in there. Cause I was like, Oh, I've got a, it's like, you have seven tabs open. I'm like, okay, how do I close my tabs? And I went over to the tab thing and I got the tab view where all my tabs came out as windows. And I was like, they don't have the little circle on them. Like, why don't you have the little circle on them so I can close them? And that was really frustrating me. And I was like, I spent a little while figuring it out. And then I realized like when you look at the, where you would open the tabs thing, it drops down the tab bar and then you can see all your tabs and then you can view them and click between them. But if you do the pinch and hold thing, it will give you the contextual menu so you can actually like close. Uh, so. uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, like I said, folks, if, if you have an Apple store within driving distance of you, go do this demo. It, it, you're going to it, it, it's I think it's going to be important to at least understand the mechanics of how this Vision Pro works. You know, even if you don't have the latest iPhone or you don't have the latest Mac, you understand how a keyboard works, how a trackpad works, how a mouse works, how, how you know, you probably understand how, uh, you know, touch works and pinch and zoom on an iPhone. It, spending the 30 minutes with a Vision Pro will give you all of that with the Vision Pro so you can understand this new paradigm that the world is kind of, you know, dabbling in. One one other thing Terry mentioned on the Vision Pro uh, it, it, in that video was kind of a bonus quick tip. He keeps a clock, the clock app, up permanently, kind of off to his right, and and he just casually mentioned it as he as his glance you know moved past it. He's like, oh yeah, and there you know to the right of my clock, which I keep up all the time, so I can see what time it is. I have another Safari window or whatever, and you know, and he was just showing these. It was like, right, that is one thing I missed in my Vision Pro demo. I had, I mentioned the time went by very quickly because right. I had no yeah. idea what time it was. And it is a different world that you're in in there. I mean, it's it's augmented reality, but it's different. And so when he was like, all right, and, and you're done, I was like, whoa, yeah. okay. And I mean, I looked at my watch. Yeah. I was like, oh, it, you are correct. Like, we are done, but wow, okay. So yeah, have that clock up otherwise- you know, you'll go down that uh, that rabbit hole. It'd be yeah. like being yeah. in a casino. That yeah. was box on the wall there. Yeah, interesting. You brought up the clock thing because I was doing that just this morning. I was like 
doing some stuff on the Vision Pro, and I was like, "What time is it?" Yeah. And so I was like, "Well, I just asked S Lady, and it sure. pops up, which is great, right in front of you." So that was the easy way. And then I was like, oh, "Why is there not some sort of clock?" And the only other way that I figured out how to do it without using a dedicated app or widget or something like that. You can go up to the control center, which you get to by looking up, and then this little down arrow appears, and then you can tap that, and the clock is in the control center along with your battery ah, and all that other stuff. That's so, oh, I wish I had known that because I I would have looked at the clock a few times during the demo. <laughs> so oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, now you, you can, can change. God, yeah. There's a setting also to change like how far up you have to look before you see the little control oh, center icon too. So you uh, can mess with that in your settings. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Is there any light coming in from below? In other words, yeah. if you had your arm against, can you look down at your watch? I, c- oh, I yeah, could you have your watch. For, for me, there okay. was light coming yeah. in uh, under, like around my nose. Yeah. Um, yeah. I noticed I, it could... at first, and he said, if it becomes an issue, we can work and address that. But it was clear he didn't want to spend all our demo time on it. And, and it, right. uh, like, that was the last time I thought about it until this very moment when you asked this, like, it's just not a deal. Yeah. There's a little light leak around the nose. That's about the only place where I do get, I do get light leak. And I have another quick tip just on comfort. Um, I'm learning that you can get it to be a lot more comfortable and wear it a lot longer. I know a lot of people are complaining about the weight by like either moving the positioning of the band. So like the solo loop, initially you want to put it like, around the back of your head i find and other people have mentioned if you move it just up a little bit higher it feels like it might slip off but it's not going to slip off um just higher up on your head it pulls the weight off of the top of your forehead and then the other thing is is like when you first put it on you you feel like you want to crank that dial like you really want to like cinch it in don't cinch it in it doesn't need to be super tight and that makes it a lot more comfortable as well so Oh, yep. now people aren't going to return them, Adam. They're going to be comfortable in them. Jeez. All right, <laughs> Bill. Money. Bill brings us our next quick tip, courtesy of Bill. So let's see if we can get this yeah. to play. Hello, Dave, Pilot Pete, and Adam. This is Bill from Menlo Park, California. I have a quick tip here. For those of us who did not grow up in Unix land and are not programmers, but who occasionally need to use the terminal... We are often told to use the man command to view the manual for a particular Unix or iOS command. But when we do, we see that man file in a dorky text editor that is for normal people a pain. I can never remember how to close out of it. It's control something or another. There is a better way to look at man pages. Onyx, in its utility section, includes a manuals reader. It lets you open whatever man page you want, scroll it back and forth, and read the details. One quirk is you do have to double-click on the command name in the left column to open a particular manual. And it doesn't have a search function. However, you can easily search through a large single manual by opening it in preview, which is just a one-click away. So you don't have to have two terminal windows open, one on man and one on a command line, and fiddling around. You can use Onyx to see those man pages. I think this might be helpful to anyone who only occasionally visits the terminal. Take care and don't get caught. Hey, folks, let's talk about upgrades, not for your tech, but for you. Yes, you with our sponsor, Hims. 
you can skip the waiting room and pharmacy lines. Think of it as the Apple Pay of men's health care. Fast, convenient, and no contact required. Whether it's rebooting your hairline or optimizing your performance, Hims delivers science-backed treatments directly to your door in packaging so discreet, even your mailman won't know. No insurance? No problem. Hims is like the flat-rate shipping of healthcare. Everything you need for one low price without leaving your couch. Plus, with the Hims app, you can track your health progress as easily as your screen time. It's healthcare at your fingertips, literally. So don't get caught running on low battery. Power up with Hims. Start your free online visit today at Hims.com slash MGG. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash MGG for your personalized treatment options. Hims.com slash MGG. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. And our thanks to Hims for sponsoring this episode. You ever feel like cooking is one app you just can't quite download into your daily routine? That's where our sponsor Factor steps in. Serving up chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals faster than your favorite gadget boots up. With over 35 meal options weekly, your taste buds will never hit a 404 again. Whether you're decoding the mysteries of keto, navigating the realms of vegan and veggie, or simply want to eat better without the prep time, Factors got your back and your front with snacks, smoothies, and more. Let's talk numbers. Factor is less expensive than your average takeout, and every meal is a nutritional jackpot. It's like upgrading your diet without the need for patches or updates. And flexibility? Choose between 6 to 18 meals per week with the option to pause or reschedule deliveries. I use this, and it's amazing. We've got some coming scheduled for when we get home from Mexico because we're going to get home and we are going to want to eat at home and we're not going to have been to the grocery store. It's it's perfect. These meals are delicious. It's like managing your cloud storage, but for your fridge. So don't get caught with your hunger in spin cycle. Head to factormeals.com slash MGG50 and use code MGG50 to get 50% off. That's code MGG50 at factormeals.com slash MGG50 to get 50% off. And our thanks to Factor for sponsoring this episode. All right. So you know how we're all about finding the best tech solutions without compromise, right? Well, when it comes to healthcare, why should it be any different? Don't get caught in the endless loop of searching for the right doctor who actually gets what turn it off and on again means in a medical sense. Enter our sponsor, ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Imagine booking a doctor as easily as snagging that last spot at your favorite genius bar, except for your health. ZocDoc lets you filter by those who take your insurance, are close enough not to need a map app to find, and can see you faster than you can say system update. So... Whether you're dealing with a mystery bug more perplexing than a corrupted hard drive or just need a health checkup, ZocDoc has you covered. And it's not just you, it's me too. Whenever I need to look up a doctor, ZocDoc is what I use. So go to ZocDoc.com MGG and download the ZocDoc app for free. 
Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash M-G-G, ZocDoc.com slash M-G-G. And our thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring this episode. All right. Let's do some questions, shall we? Pete, you want to uh, want to take us to Mike? I can do that. Yeah, Mike writes in and asks, uh, Hi, guys. Can you remind me of one of your current recommendations for a network audio appliance with an eight... 1 8 inch stereo audio jack that is AirPlay 2 compatible, similar to the old features of the Airport Express. I want to repurpose some decent but old speakers and add them to my home kit setup. Thanks, Mike. And and I think, is that three millimeter for those on the metric system? I, I think so. I, I just call it a headphone jack. Stereo. Yeah, it's yeah. Just a, a, a mini headphone mini. jack. Yeah, not mini. a quarter inch headphone jack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, the good news is, We've had this conversation on the show before without a whole lot of great answers. There are some great answers now. Uh, there's two companies that I would uh, recommend and feel comfortable recommending and look at for this. One is Belkin. They make what they call the Soundform Connect uh, AirPlay 2 adapter. It's 89 bucks on Amazon. It uh, has both the headphone analog audio out the you know, the mini headphone jack, whatever size you want to call that. It's also got the toss link optical out on it. And of course, mm. uh, yep. It, and it's got, you know, it's Wi-Fi. This one does 16 bit and 44.1 uh, kilohertz sound, which is CD quality sound. We can argue the merits of having something more powerful than that, but I don't think you need it uh, for, for what you're doing there. So, so there is that. Then uh, there's another company that you might not be as familiar with, WIM, W-I-I-M. They make two things. One is what they call their WIM Mini, which is their AirPlay 2 wireless audio streamer. It has uh, the same toss link uh, optical out. It's got your headphone opt optical out. It's also got an aux in uh, and, uh, and it will, you know, kind of, kind of let you take any sound you want and pass it through to those speakers. So it becomes sort of your hub. And of course it is, uh, airplay capable as, as well as letting, you know, the other sound in through its, uh, through its, its sound input port. It also is $89 and, uh, and available on Amazon. So we've got a link for that. And then there is the Wim Pro, and there's even the Wim Pro Plus or something. Uh, yeah, the Wim Pro Plus, which comes with a remote and things like that. Uh, this, the uh, the difference between the Wim and the Wim Pro Plus is that the Pro and Pro Plus support Ethernet, Chromecast, the Amazon A-Lady multi-room, and other uh, output types. So again, for what you're doing, the $89 Wim Mini would probably be totally fine. Uh, the Wim Pro is $149. The Wim Pro Plus, I think, is $219. But uh, you get some more outputs. You get uh, stereo RCA line outs and line in. You get SP, uh, Toslink, the optical input and output. Again, Ethernet, some of those things. But uh, if all you're looking for is AirPlay 2, then the, the Wim Mini or the Belkin Soundform Connect would be the uh would be the answer there so that's those are my thoughts on it any thoughts adam I'm, 
Well, I might buy, uh, maybe I'm naive because I haven't looked at the products in a while, but um, I used to like the, uh, I mean, they're more pricey, yeah. um, but the stuff from Audio Engine, don't they do a couple like adapters? I think it's called the B-Fi or the B-1 or something like that. Yeah. Do they still do an AirPlay capable adapter? On That's their the Audio part Engine? I didn't know. That's the part I didn't know. Okay. So I hesitated to bring it up in response to airplay too i know they used to play nice with airplay back in the day i had one of the like b1s or something like that the b1 is bluetooth only that i i know for sure but there is the b5 uh that you also mentioned and i believe the b5 it is still available and uh does it do uh it says airplay it does say it has airplay but I don't know if it's AirPlay 2. Oh, right. Yeah, it does say AirPlay for the B5. So, um, and it's pricey if it's only if it's not AirPlay 2. Yeah, exactly. It it's yeah, it's 189 too costly. bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. Use really high end DACs yeah. and stuff like that. Right. So that wouldn't be backward compatible. Um it it would well, be it but would. not for the multi-room stuff, right? AirPlay gotcha. 2 yeah, yeah, adds yeah. the multi-room. Okay. Yeah. Um right. so uh, and you might want that uh, depending on how you're going to do right. things in your home. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. But, you know, these it, things. Are, go ahead, Adam. I was just saying the reality is uh, reality for me. I was going to bring this up, too, is that like I and the reason I don't know is because once I got home pods for audio, I don't I don't really use anything else or I use Sonos or I use, you know, my home pods. So I'm kind of out of the loop on the little adapters for doing yeah airplay too i um i looked at these because i was using airplay 2 more with sonos and other devices because i like mike i had some speakers that it was like well if i could put an adapter on these i now have another sound output source that's compatible with the rest of my system right so it, it, there, there's an argument that if you are a you know mostly HomePod household, one of these things is perhaps even more relevant for you, right? Like, I mean, at, for at eighty nine bucks, you're not that far off from from buying a HomePod. So, it, you know, you you are a HomePod Mini, right? What what's a HomePod yeah. Mini now? They're like ninety nine bucks. Ninety nine bucks, right? Get, you probably can get refurbs for cheaper. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, it, you know, you're yeah, it's ninety nine bucks. Yeah. So, I, like, but. If you've got a set of, you know, desktop speakers that are stereo that you can put really nice, yeah. yeah, six feet apart from each other or something and run them off of one of these, but you've already got the speakers, you paid 89 bucks and now you've got a stereo pair as opposed to just one HomePod mini. So, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Mike. That's, uh, uh, you made me research this, Mike, and I, I was happy to find things that, solve this problem because like i said the last time we researched this it was like there were there wasn't these, much out there yeah. it was off-brand chinese stuff that would they, they would always look the same but every time we looked at it it was from a different name of a manufacturer and i was like god do i really want to recommend this on the show like uh, and maybe it's the same manufacturer making these for belkin and whim i don't know it could very well be but uh but at least they're supported by brands that you have a really good chance of getting good support from. So yeah, a little bit of a history. So, all right. Uh, you want to take us to 
I'll say Lefwin. I think we're pronouncing your name. Lefwin. Lefwin or Leofwin. Yep. Uh, yep. Says, hey, I know MGD has transi- transitioned from Evernote. Sad, but I've ignored Evernote for years now. I've been paying the 70 bucks or so annual subscription just to keep a ton of legacy data handy. And I've needed to pull a few obscure items from back in the day when I kept everything in Evernote. I think a lot of us did. <laughs> yeah. This week they informed me that the subscription price is almost doubling to 130 bucks. Ouch. <sighs> so I've canceled it as of March 6th. It was a luxury to keep around for rare archive digging occasions, but this is now a ridiculous cost for a once or twice a year thing. But I canceled without really thinking about it ahead of time. So help please. I've logged into Evernote online to cancel and see that all my notes are still there. I haven't even installed a new version of Evernote on my M2 MacBook Pro, and I don't really want to at this point. However, there doesn't seem to be a way to export my data from the web interface only via a Mac or a Windows client. Any ideas? Or do I have to go through the hassle of the app update to save my data? And any insight on what the export format looks like and works with? Yes. Uh, in fact, yes to all of those questions. So let's move on. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, the, the answer is, is yes, I, I, I have been through this, right? We, as, as you remember, uh, left when we used to use Evernote because it was a note app that allowed cloud syncing among multiple people. And that solved the problem uh, of us uh, having access to the same library for when we're doing this. In fact, in years past, your your question would have been prepared by me into Evernote and Adam would have read it out of Evernote. I know Adam wasn't part of MGG years ago, but just go with me on this. Uh, now <laughs> it, it, we did that same thing with notes, right? And and I put it into notes and Adam just read it out of notes. Getting things, your your history from Evernote to notes is thankfully very easy. Uh, going the other direction not so easy, but uh, <laughs> Apple Evernote will export your entire set of notes into ENEX format and Apple's uh, notes app will import ENEX format. So it truly is built to do this. The other yes that I was answering is, in fact, yes, you have to download the Mac app to do this. The good news is. Uh, you can run the old Evernote legacy app and the new Evernote app on the same Mac at the same time. They will maintain their own copies of your same synced Evernote database. It works great. We did that for a long time because Apple script support does not exist in the new Evernote app. So we would use the old one to put notes into it because we could script that process. And then we would use the new one to read it because it was a better reading experience. So it all didn't matter. It, it was all kind of the same and uh, and works well. But yeah, you're going to have to download the app. It, it's a temporary thing. Download it, export, pull it into notes, and uh, and you're good. You should be good to go. Uh, but yes, I your note made me think. I think I'm on the free plan. I, I, the left one's fine. He could just go to the free plan. The only problem is he won't be able to upload lots of new data. I am wrong about that assumption. Uh, the free plan allows you to have up to 50 notes and one notebook. Now, I should I should share how they articulate that. They say create up to 50 notes and one notebook. I think 
if you scale down from a plan that let you create more down to the free plan, I think you will keep all of your notes. But that is a guess. And please don't use my guess as your the, the foundation of a future workflow that matters to you. Export this stuff out. Get it into notes. Get it into something. You, If you have a Synology disk station, they have NoteStation, which is an app that you can install on there that also... Not only will it import an ENEX file, it will sync with your Evernote database. You just log it in and it will slurp it all down. That's another way to do it. And they have iOS and Mac apps for, for that too. So I'm probably going to do one more sync of Evernote just to make sure I have my data in several places. But, um, but I think it will stick around. I just won't be able to add any more. But I won't know until June because I was also on the annual plan. But I am not anymore. I've moved to the free plan. So... Come June, I'll be able to speak to this. So, this is like a slow motion Sherlock there over at Evernote. <laughs> feel, right? I mean, kind of. I yeah, mean, I, I kind of I feel bad for him, but it's uh, well, yeah, it's, notes is taking over. And, it's cross platform. That sure, it, right? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It, so, if you need to collaborate, um, it is one way to do it. But there's also Microsoft OneNote, which I think winds up being cheaper especially if you're getting it as part of other Microsoft things that you're buying and that's cross-platform yeah. again, Synology note station cross-platform. So when well, you see their need to raise prices as people are leaving. It's, yes. You know, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chicken and egg, chicken and egg problem or egg and chicken problem, I guess cause yeah. it's the other way around. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think exactly I know, right. I think I know what the title of the episode was. I thought it was going to be something about the importance of the semicolon, but uh, yeah. the egg and chicken problem is about <laughs> as good as it's ever going to get, I think. Right. So. <laughs> I, I also think this is a, actually turns out to be a good time to talk about that thing that I want to talk about since it relates to app pricing. Yes, so, yes. A little bit of an audible jumping ahead one, but yeah. Yeah, so this came up for me with the Vision Pro because I'm, you know, I'm trying to use the Vision Pro. I'm trying to figure out, you know, wh what's the use case for this? What can I do? And obviously... Games is one of those things that you want to do, but just, you know, apps in general. So there's a general, I think I mentioned this last time, right? That, you know, it needs, a, it needs more apps, but you know, it's sure. early days. So it's just like That's early days of the iPhone, yeah. you know, like, so, but I'm constantly going to the app store for look, to look for apps. A big problem right now is that the discovery is not very good because there are a lot of vision pro apps, but Apple only highlights a few of them and it's really hard to find like a section that's just like, show me all the Vision Pro apps. So I you can't it on the app store yet. You can't filter. Well, maybe I. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't found it in the Vision Pro app store. You know, you can look through and they have categories and you can see all the categories, you know, like here's the new stuff, but it stops at, after a few. I want just a place where I can see like the full list of all the Vision Pro apps, you know, like 600 of them, but I don't know. I digress. You can search for them and then it'll show you this is Vision Pro versus iPad, you know, but you have to know what you're searching for. Sure. So, you know, I want to browse. Anyway, I digress. So I was going through and looking for things to try out and I came across this game. I pulled it up over here. Hopefully I still got... No, I closed the tab, of course. Of course. It's called... Um, Numa, Numa... I'm going to get it wrong now. I had it up earlier. Um, but it's this, you know, it's like a 3d app and you basically, it's kind of like a puzzle. It creates this 3d environment and you find little pieces of the 3d model and you kind of reassemble the model. 
and it gets more complex as you go and it's got a bunch of levels and stuff like that. And I saw that it was available for free download with in-app purchase. And so I looked at the in-app, in-app purchase on it and um, it was like, you know, cause I, I always am curious, you know, what, what is, if I want the full version of this, cause basically you get one, one sure like level or whatever you call it. One puzzle is like the demo. And if you want the other nine and they're going to add more as time goes on, uh, if you want the other nine, you've got to pay, you know, in a purchase. And I'm like, okay, so what is it? It's like nine ninety nine, And it's like, Oh, that it's not too bad. If it's sure. a really good game and I like it. Um, but great. And uh, so I downloaded it. I tried the first thing and I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool because like once you've built this like diorama thing, basically, you can scale it up and you can kind of walk through it and like experience it and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, I was like, OK, it's great. I'll, I'll pay the 10 bucks, you know, and I went to go do the in-app purchase and it's 10 bucks a month. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 120 yeah. bucks a year so i don't know if it's just because they realize like again like early days of the iphone remember there was like some crazy priced apps um and i'm not against subscription models like sure no you it, never had, have it, been. had it yeah. been yeah. had it been a buck 99 or 2.99 i might go oh, okay yeah that's that's fine mm-hmm. like i'll pay that because it's it's actually i recognize the amount of work that went into this it's really yep. well built it's immersive it's really it's really entertaining and relaxing and fun. It's, it's kind of meant to be more of a relaxing kind of game. It's not really difficult. You know, you see the pieces and you kind of drag them down and, and, and you just give me the, the name of the game and, one more time, Adam. Uh, let me, I, I need to actually look. Oh, it up. Okay. So All right. Well, time okay. to go into my, into my browser history. Cause I had a hard time finding it too. Okay. Well, we can just uh, put it in the show notes. It, 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 it's totally fine. I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'll definitely get it for you. If you give me a second, cause I definitely had it pulled up here. Uh, Luna, L O O N A. Okay. Okay. Yep. Cool. All right. So yeah, and it's this spatial spatial puzzle game. I had the link, and I can get you the link to it, or you can find the link. Yeah, to it. yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's called it's called Luna. And so, like, I went and looked at the reviews, and then there's a bunch of people. Obviously, they're like, "This is a great game. This pricing is crazy." And it sounds like they brought it down because earlier reviews were saying it was initially twenty bucks a month. Oh wow. Okay. Oof. Yeah. And, you know, $240 a year for a game, that's like a game platform. Like, I don't know, like, again, if they're just thinking, well, if people are willing to pay $3,500 for the thing, they're going to be willing to pay a lot more for software. And, you know, I don't want to admonish this developer because I do. I recognize the amount of work that goes Absolutely. into it. And I think developers should get paid. Yep. But, like, if this is going to be the pricing model for apps on Vision Pro, that's insanity. Like. Yeah. I just had to point that out. It's like, so I almost left a review, but you know, I didn't want to like, cause it is, it, it's really well designed and it's a really beautiful game, but 10 bucks a month. They could lower the price to three bucks a week. Then it's yeah. only 156 <laughs> so, bucks a year. So instead of leaving a review, it, we'll just share it with about 50,000 people here yeah, and, uh, and, and let that ripple. No, but like these are important conversations to have. And, and I, I, I always do this, but anytime we mention a product service company, what anyone on the show, uh, I always try to let the, the, you know, the principals or the PR people or whatever know so that they can hear the conversation if they want. And, and I think, Hopefully they would agree that they want to hear this, even though it might not be what they want yeah. to hear. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if it was console game priced, like, you know, 50, 60 bucks for the whole app, yeah. like that, I'd even be okay with that. And that sounds pricey, but like, 
Yeah. If you bought a video game for your PlayStation or your Xbox or whatever, or your PC, you're going to pay that. Yep. So that yeah. seems perfectly reasonable, you know, in terms of a price, but well, they, you know, like my wife, $40 a year. It's like, I'll go, I'll go buy a, 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 an Xbox and yeah. you know, get a bunch of other games for my wife know. has a fitness app. All of the apps on, uh, on the, the quest, at least all the ones she's encountered allow essentially a 14 day trial period you buy the app and then you can return it and get your money back in the first 14 days uh as long as a it's 14 days or less and b you've used the app for less than two hours and i like that idea uh because it really does let you you've got to commit to wanting to try it you've paid for it it's up to you to to do the return it's you know so the if you just go with momentum, you will you will have paid for it and then you will keep it and that's it. But, you know, if you're if you're diligent about it, obviously you can easily manage that process. Uh, but there is one app that she's using for fitness that she thinks she's going to stick with. And after that 14 days, uh, it then is like either 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks a year. But they are adding new. It's kind of like Apple Fitness where they're adding new classes all the time and different things so that you're not six months from now hearing exactly the same instructor say exactly the same thing over and over again and and uh yeah. you know getting bored with it so I, like in that sense i get it it's and it's way cheaper than a, a gym membership in fact she she canceled right. she's been talking about whether or not it's worth it for her to pay like the hundred bucks a month to her yoga studio that that she'd been going to and hadn't really been uh, finding time to go to. And so this for 500 bucks plus another hundred bucks a year, that's six months of yoga. And now then, then it's paid for. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, in this app, again, to be fair, they're planning on adding new levels and continuing to add things. So I get the subscription yeah. thing. I just think that's you know, a lot like, for a that's game. a little heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. In my opinion, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. I agree. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, like time will tell. So, um, Time, time will tell. Uh, all right. James asks us, he says, um, eventually and soon, I'm going to ditch my late 2018 Mac mini uh, and uh, get a higher end MacBook Pro. I've determined that I would benefit greatly from the mobility and, of course, the speed improvements and all of that good stuff. While in my office, though, my intention will be to maintain a similar Effective setup to what I have now, dual 4K displays and multiple USB accessories. The safe assumption is that the yet to be released MacBook Pro that I will eventually buy will have less total ports than my current desktop machine. That's probably fair. So additional apters, ports, hubs, dongles will be needed. Uh, and he says, yes, I'm already on my uh, Mac mini using every port that's there, plus a couple of dongles. My question for my future self and for all of us is whether it would be better to utilize a single Thunderbolt hub that connects to all of my external devices, something like the CalDigit TS4 or the OWC Thunderbolt 4 hub, or to employ separate and distinct adapters, for example, possibly, you know, one hub for my external SSDs and microphones and then use a different Thunderbolt adapter for my external displays in combination possibly with the Max HDMI port. Focusing my question, will connecting two displays and multiple USB devices to the same hub and therefore the same port on my Mac 
negatively affect SSD speeds as all of those devices are sharing a single Thunderbolt port's bandwidth? Would it be better, purely from a bandwidth perspective, to instead spread those across the multiple ports that I am hoping my future MacBook Pro will still have? Is each port a separate bus? I don't mind plugging two to three wires in regularly if it improves performance. What do you guys think? You want to uh, you want to start this one, Adam? Yeah, there's a lot in this, and you're probably yep. going to be better, a little bit better than me at unpacking this. But like to simply answer the questions from what my knowledge is like, right? Different Macs, like the the bus question. Different Macs have different buses, which is like why things like the MacBook Air, I think, still only support one external display. Yeah, or maybe two. I can't remember. There's like there's like a limit. Yeah. Um. And in terms of like having multiple things on the same bus, I know that can affect performance. I don't know how much. I think like SSDs and those sorts of things and, and Thunderbolt itself has a lot of bandwidth. So it, it often puzzles me where people get a little bit worried about this. But I know there's a lot of people that are like, I want maximum throughput to my yep. external like SSDs. All the time, I don't want anything slowing that down, and I, I get that. I, I don't operate at that level. I'm not doing like high end video and all that, those sorts of things. So I think, yeah, it, it all depends on. I think it comes down to how you want your setup. Like for me, I know I I haven't gone to Thunderbolt monitors yet, and one of the reasons I haven't is because I want everything on a single cable. Like I love the convenience of just having one cable that plugs into my MacBook Pro, and everything's connected to a hub, and with my displays. I want to daisy chain my displays and there aren't that many displays on the market that have Thunderbolt coming in and then a Thunderbolt out. So you can go to another monitor, yeah. including Apple's by the way. Yeah. Um, which is just baffling to me. So like, I know, I think uh, that there's like one or two companies that make them and I've looked at them and I just haven't pulled the trigger on a, on a like 4k, 5k display yet, but uh, cause I want to, and I, I want yeah. to daisy chain them. So that's where I'm at with it. Like I, I prefer just everything one hub um and hooking it up that way but i don't worry about maximum throughput on all my yeah i'm i'm kind of the same as you kind of um here in the studio is probably a, a great example because i'm running a mac studio which has i believe four thunderbolt buses right and so uh i have optimized things because why not it's not a portable machine it like it once i plug it in I kind of forget about it, which is sort of the point. You know, I come up here and I right. turn it on and I'm good to go. But I do have three monitors connected to this and only it only has one HDMI port. So I am using an HDMI port for one. And I have done tests both with this machine and the, the machine I had up here prior that was also a Thunderbolt Mac, uh, where running if I plug a you know Thunderbolt hub into one of the Thunderbolt ports and then put an SSD uh, off of that hub and then a monitor also off of that hub, which you can do because, you know, a lot of these Thunderbolt docks will have certainly many of them now with Thunderbolt 4 and and uh, support hubbing, right? So you can have multiple Thunderbolt ports, but they also support, their, they might have their own HDMI or their own USB-C a, a output that supports a USB-C monitor, right? Because th those exist, not Thunderbolt monitors, but USB-C monitors or DisplayPort or whatever the, you know, the Thunderbolt dock might have. Hooking up two monitors to a Thunderbolt dock 
and then an SSD, I noticed that my write speeds, not my read speeds, but my write speeds to that SSD go down or conversely go up when I remove the monitors because those monitors are a con require a constant digital stream of data going to them. It's kind of how it works when you stop and think about it. It makes a lot of sense, right? So I have compartmentalized things up here in the studio so that my, I have, I keep one, uh, th this, this Mac studio that I got it is the base model M1 Mac studio, right? And it's great. It's awesome. But that meant that it's got 32 gigs of, of unified memory, which is awesome. And 512 gigs of SSD space, which is fine, but not awesome. And certainly not the amount that I need. So I have an OWC Envoy drive that hangs off of this and lives there full time. And it is plugged into one of the Thunderbolt ports, which on this means one of the Thunderbolt buses. And that is entirely dedicated to that drive because I save lots of things on it. In fact, if memory serves, I think I even save the audio for the show directly to that drive. If I don't, it gets archived there or something. I don't know. I forget. It doesn't matter. I manage my storage so that I'm not over utilizing that precious 512 gigs on the boot drive but i in in like and then i have a separate thunderbolt hub that feeds my other two or thunderbolt dock it might even be usb dock i can't remember but that feeds my other two monitors and that's dedicated and then i have one that's like dedicated to like the various peripherals that i'm going to plug in the kind of random things and that also includes my audio interface which is thunderbolt and so i want that to be prioritized and so I have thought about how to best manage this. Am I getting full speed? Well, I am with the drive that I care about. Uh, but other than that, I'm sure I've got some things that are in theory, not perfectly engineered, but I've got enough headroom on the bandwidth of these Thunderbolt buses that it doesn't actually matter. Like uh, none of these devices would soak up enough to impact the others. So, but it is something to think about. And, and, and what you really, the question going back to James specifically that you need to ask is how many buses, not ports, but how many Thunderbolt buses does that MacBook Pro that doesn't yet exist have? You're right, Adam. The MacBook Air has one Thunderbolt bus in it. The MacBook Pros, the ones with, I, I'm, it keeps changing, so I'm going to get this wrong. But at one point in time, and this may be that point in time, the MacBook Pros with two Thunderbolt ports had one bus and with four Thunderbolt ports or three Thunderbolt ports had two buses. And it was you had to learn which was which I think it was split yeah. by side, but I might be wrong on that. But like, you can look in the specs and you can look in system profiler and like see those things and you get to even see in system profiler. It'll show you. Here's what's connected to this Thunderbolt bus. Here's what's connected to this one. And absolutely, even if you think like me, you know, I've got four ports. I know exactly where everything is. Why? Just look. System Profiler will confirm it for you. You're either right or wrong. You want to know. So, yeah, it's a wonderful yeah. little tool. So, <laughs> yep. There's a great point about, um, you know, the difference between there is the difference between a notebook, right? The convenience of having that one cable versus yes. a desktop where, you know, hey, this thing's never moving. I can plug all four ports in and I don't. 
I don't care. In fact, it would be, <laughs> I, I didn't have all four of them plugged in at first. I got this machine up and running. This was one of those machines that I had to replace this past summer, basically in an emergency after that lightning strike to the, to the house or whatever. And, uh, and so I just plugged it in, I got it up and working. And then a month and a half later, I was in system profiler for some other reason. I was like, wait a minute, I have two Thunderbolt buses I'm not using at all. Uh, I think I'm going to change that, you know? <laughs> so every, you know, I spent the 20 minutes to re-engineer it and was like, yep. Okay. And now I, I, I think I got it right when I just articulated it before, but let's assume I did. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I got a question from, uh, from my daughter this morning. This might be a geek challenge or you might just have the answer. One of you guys. She says, is there any way to pair two sets of AirPods to one iPad? She says uh, my her fiancé and her are taking a train ride, uh, I think, to Milan or, or Verona or something this weekend. And uh, they both want to watch a movie on the same iPad. How do you do it? Is that possible? I seem to think that it is. But I literally got this text while we were recording. And so, uh, uh, I, yeah. How to pair two sets of AirPods with the same iPhone. I think it is possible. Yeah, for, I think for, it is for the too. Movie, for the movie watching scenario, though, is, though, can't you just share the audio? Yes. <laughs> like to another set of AirPods? Yeah. So one I, person. Yeah. I think that's it. I know I, you can do that if that's the movie scenario, but they're not. I mean, that's not. When I think pairing, I'm thinking like I have two sets of AirPods, right? Paired to my Mac and. I bring this one over and that connects. And then later I bring this one over and then that one connects, but yep. you can share the audio. I know you can share audio for music app and movies and things like that. I think it's limited to certain scenarios though. You you are correct for what they want to do. I think it is doable. I found an article at how to geek that I'll put in the, the show notes about this. And I will also uh, text to her, but yeah, you, when, when you bring another set of AirPods close to a device that is playing audio, and I can confirm this because I see it on planes all the time, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll be watching a movie and it'll be like, do you want to pair to Susie's AirPods? And you click the button like, these are not your AirPods, you know, no, thank you. <laughs> but once you do that, then you use the, uh, it looks as though you use the AirPlay button in Control Center yeah. uh, to, to, decide how everything's going to go and you get to check the boxes next to both of these sets of airpods that are now connected to your device so yeah i think this is i think this is okay. going to be, be doable for them well that's good news thanks my question i was thinking it was apple tv only that could do it and then uncle jamie mentioned in discord that uh it's what's the word he used uh inconvenient <laughs> yes yeah it's weird to do it on apple tv i i will agree it is possible but it's it yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird process. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, how are we doing here on time? Uh, you know, let's you want me to read Tony's question. No, or? I want, I want Adam to take us to cool stuff found because Porthos John has kind of a cool one. We've done a lot of vision pro stuff this episode, so we might as well kind of, kind of stick with that. And then, Keep the theme. Yeah. and then we'll do Tony, uh, in next week's episode. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Porthos John actually is solving a problem that I thought about the same thing. And he says, one of the things on the design side that I l lament on with the Apple Vision Pro is 
the same as VR headsets as well. And that is there's nothing that covers or protects the internal lenses, including your snap in prescription or, you know, lenses and stuff like that. So the lenses are open. They, they give you that nice cover for the front. They do not give you any kind of cover for like the inside. And I don't know if they think just because it's kind of naturally protected by the face shield thing, but you know, dust and dirt and things can get in there. And so he said, I reverted to something that I used on my digital cameras for years, a lens pen. And if you don't know what a lens pen is, it, it's like, looks like a fat like marker and you pop the end off and it has a little articulating. Well, there's a couple different ways that this one you're showing Dave showing on the video has a slide out where you push it out in a little, like you know, a mechanical pencil might, you might slide it out. Yep. Yeah. It comes out yeah. the end of it. I have one where you pop it off and it has a little pad with an articulating kind of thing. And you would use it for your digital camera to get in and like clean off the lenses or the sensors or stuff like that. It's, it, you know, it's a lens cleaning cloth, but it in pen form. And he says, you can spend 10 bucks on a lens pen or 25 on a full cleaning kit, but they have a non-scratch carbon head that makes your glass super clear. Again, you don't ever clean the uh, Apple. You don't ever clean the Apple visual vision pro internals with a rag or a towel. They can scratch. And they also tend to leave debris and fibers. So yeah, these little lens pens are great. And and again, camera enthusiasts have used them for years and know about them. I have one because I have a telescope and it came with a kit with the, you know, telescope that I bought for. And, you know, the the problem I always thought was like, even if you tried to use a cloth, which, you know, as he says, you probably shouldn't do, um, getting down in there, you know, it's, it's kind of a reach. I guess you could pop off the, the face shield. I never thought about that just now. Like that thing comes off pretty easy. It's magnetically attached. So you can get at them more easily that way. But yeah, lens pens are great. So yeah, great tip. that makes sense. Yeah. I've, I've heard about them with uh, like for binoculars and, and that's a, also a good way of thinking about this because they're the vision pro uh, optically shares some things with binoculars. Yeah. So the question I have, Adam, uh, is: <laughs> Have you sniffed that pen? Is it alcohol? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's no fluid or anything on it. It's, it's a dry thing. Okay, like he says. Oh, okay. It's got, it's okay. got a special, it's got a special tip on it. So, yeah, yeah. Basically, you don't okay. want, you don't want to drag, especially with lenses. You don't want to drag even micro fine particles just like right. across that. You want something that's going to pick that stuff up. So I'm not supposed to use the bottom of my shirt. Uh, to clean these things like I do with my glasses. Paper towels, Dave. Paper towels. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, man, that hurts. Windex and paper towels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, actually, our, our, our HUD glass, which you've seen pictures of, in fact, that the video I sent to Adam, it has the HUD in there. HUD yep. is being a heads-up display. It, it displays, you pull this lens down in front of you and it projects at infinite focus uh, all your flight data in front of you. It's your primary flight instrument, airspeed, attitude, heading, yada, yada. I, I digress. That's a $10,000 lens. Yeah. Uh, so they provide us with special cleaning, you know, but but it, it's, it's I think it's a, about a 50% alcohol wet wipe and then a special dry cloth to, uh, because you don't want it to dry on there. The alcohol yeah. would splotch if it were just allowed to dry, so... But uh, but that's why I was curious if the pen was alcohol, if it was done, you know, to break down. They they do it to break down oils and things like that. You're not supposed to touch that lens, but of course, people seem to think it's a touch screen and yeah, leave <laughs> fingerprints all over. You're like ah, all right. 
But but there's a special anti-reflective coating on it and all that. Yeah. And that's what you're trying to avoid damaging. Yeah, you other things. We when I worked in an office, so this is you know before my kids were even glimmers. Uh, th- I remember learning the hard way that like Windex uh, would remove the anti-glare oh. coating immediately from your displays because the cleaning crew would come in at night and clean everything, including all of our displays. They would dust our displays, which of course meant their rags had like Windex on them. And I got a new display one day. And of course the cleaning crew came in that night and did their job. And then uh, the next day I noticed <laughs> did that my, a job on your display. <laughs> my brand new display looked very different. I was like, Oh no. So then, then we, in, you know, enlightened everyone, me, the staff and of course the cleaning crew at Citibank to don't do this anymore. Maybe that's not such a good idea. And they were like, Oh my gosh, we're so sorry. I was like, yeah, you didn't know. I didn't know. You know, it's like, you didn't even think about it. Yeah. So, Oh, so Pete, here's, here's the thing. So I, I, I had to Google this cause I was curious. So uh, the lenspen.com site says, how does this work? The cleaning tip surface is covered. Like was mentioned in that tip with a special invisible carbon compound that removes the fingerprint oils. This is not high tech. This is old tech. Many years ago, our grandmothers often used newspapers to clean the windows and mirrors in their house. Why did that work so well? Newspapers are covered with printer's ink, which adds carbon molecules and has the unique ability to absorb oils. What? Interesting. You know, I've always used newspaper to instead of paper towels when I clean windows. Yeah. Use yeah, Windex and, and newspaper, but it never occurred to me that, that it was really? the printer's ink that yeah. Yeah. My grandmother taught me that too. She would come visit and she'd clean our windows and she always used the newspaper because it gets yeah. the dirt and oils off, I guess, because of the carbon. Yeah. I, I didn't there you go. Why, that's a quick but... tip. <laughs> oh, that's like, I, I, I mean, like if, if anything deserves the magical bell, it's your respective grandmothers. Dong, yeah, like that's right? it. Yeah. Wow, I love it. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So I love, that's, that's I love it. And again, that, you know, I've just always done, I've always used newspaper to clean windows. Yeah, of course. Nice. It's amazing. Amazing. Forget that you learned it. You just knew it. You just knew it. Right. Well, that's the, that's the ultimate quick tip right there. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, like, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to share Doug's, uh, cool stuff found here because it's so cool. And I've been, been keeping it, uh, in, in our hopper for far too long. We were talking about widgets in uh, in our Discord channel, and uh, I think we even had the conversation here. One of the things someone wanted was a widget that showed the name of the current Wi-Fi network, which they wanted to make sure that they weren't attached to you know their their network. I think they had two different SSIDs in their house, and they wanted to make sure on their on their iPhone that they knew which network they were attached to at any given point in time. But this could be handy no matter where you are. I, you know, there are times often where I'm out and about and it's like, I'm on Wi-Fi. which network am I on? Like, is this something I want to be on? Or is this that slow as molasses network that I've learned to hate, but I use sometimes anyway. And uh, there is no way in Apple's widgets to do that. But thankfully RN Doug in our discord Hipped us to the existence of Widgy, W-I-D-G-Y. And this is a 
widget app. I looked in widget Smith cause that's kind of the default, like super powerful widget app doesn't have any of these features. Widget widget does, uh, there was a there is a stock widget in Widgie that shows you your Wi-Fi and cellular speeds and bandwidth used in real time, which is cool. Uh, but it does not by default show you the name of the Wi-Fi network. It was very easy for me to take, you know, 90 seconds and edit a copy of their stock Wi-Fi widget and add, you know, current Wi-Fi network SSID to it. And you get to lay it out and it's got like a grid thing and you just put it where you want. And then the widget exists and I added the widget and I'm good to go. And it still is there on my phone now. Widgie is uh, freemium. So you get to create one widget with it that you can use for free. And then if you want to have multiple widgets, well, that's what you pay for. And that makes perfect sense to me. And I I think it was, I don't know, eight bucks or something like that. But uh, but yeah. It's uh, it's it's a cool little thing. So I was stoked to find out about all these little widget apps. Now I'm going to have to like spend a Saturday afternoon and rethink my entire world of widgets. So thank you for that, RN Doug. Uh, do we have anything else for today? Or are we get we're at, we're at a minute twenty, a minute, well, an hour. Ten- Tennessee Papa, yes. In the Discord yeah. chat says you can log yeah. press the Wi-Fi icon and it shows you the network you're on. That is true. It, it, yes, and, and that also came up in this other discussion. You're right. You can go to the control center, long press the Wi-Fi icon, and it will show you the name. It for multiple steps. Yeah, multiple steps. Yeah, exactly. Whoever <laughs> yeah. whoever brought this up in the Discord wanted just a quick at a glance way, and so it was like, well, let's see if that if that exists. If it doesn't, you're totally right. Like it's it is right there at your fingertips. This is there if you just even want to glance at it, which is which is what he was looking for. So even handier. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so the other yeah. thing I want to mention from the earlier newspaper newsprint thing. Yeah. If it wasn't obvious, do not clean your vision pro lenses with newspaper. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yes. <laughs> it's not the same as the lens pen. The lens pen is specifically designed for like delicate lenses. Yes. Newsprint, your your windows in your house are much more durable. Uh, you know, yeah, than, uh, uh, yeah. And, and less and important if there's micro lens. scratches in them too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right, thanks for hanging out with us, uh, bandwidth gods in Hong Kong. Thank you for keeping Pete's bandwidth as solid as you did for our episode here. Kept me on. Yeah, it's amazing. Outstanding. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Thanks to Cashfly. Right. Hey. Oh yeah, go ahead, Pete. Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to say, I want you to share the show. Some of you haven't mentioned in a while, Dave. Give us a review. MacGeekGab.com slash review. Go there and give us five stars, won't you please? Thank you. Thank you for that. I think I think the bandwidth okay. gods have Pete about a, one, a, a full thousand millisecond delay from the rest of us. But it's okay. That's, that's where that little hiccup just <laughs> happened there. But it's all good. We're fine. So yes, please do. Uh, thank you for reminding everybody of MacGeekUp.com slash review for those five-star reviews. Bandwidth, thanks to Cashfly. Thanks to all of you for your questions, your tips, your comments. Uh, it's what allows us to continue doing this show, and we are honored to be the stewards of this amazing community. And, uh, and thank you for allowing us to keep doing that. Make sure you check out our sponsors. You can always look at MacGeekUp.com slash sponsors. We keep that up to date with not only the sponsors of recent episodes, but also 
any deals that we know of from spot from past sponsors. They might even not be current, but you can go find deals there. So thatgeekup.com slash sponsors. Maybe I should link that from slash deals too. Adam. Before we uh, send everyone on their way on this fine day, it's always a fine day, no matter when you're listening. Do you have three words to uh, potentially share? Absolutely. Don't get caught. Made on a Mac. See ya. Later.